get it twisted. This rap shit is mine, motherfuckers. A fucking game. Fuck what you heard. It's what you hearing. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. X go give it to you. Fuck wait for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock knock. Open up the door. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. To 24th Podcast, I am 24. This is my podcast, 24th Podcast, best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Not even close. Can we turn up DMX, please? Turn it back. Got a lot of good stuff to talk about here today, ladies and gentlemen. We got, um, we got some Jacksonville Jaguars stuff. I kind of wanted to talk about them for a little bit because I really haven't talked at all about Jacksonville. Then I was like, I got to talk about Jacksonville because I don't really talk about them in a very long time. Also, fresh out of the gate, fresh out of the intro, Deshaun Watson's lawyer, excuse me, Rusty Harden, came out with an hour-long press conference, saw a full hour of it, going to talk about why Deshaun Watson's lawyer and his, you know, his, I, I don't know what, his, his co-workers, whatever, kind of turned the table on Tony Busby on Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, got a good one here today. A great one here today. Right here. One of your podcasts. They don't know who we be looking. They don't know. Hate to fade out DMX, but gotta 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 do the podcast. If you don't know, DMX uh, just passed today, Friday, I believe, uh, April 9th today. <clears throat> Unfortunately. But um, I, I heard he, like, I, I mean, I've heard different reporting, reportings on it where at first people thought that it was, I believe, a stroke via drugs. But I also then heard that it was a heart attack. And he was, like, comatose, I think, because of the heart attack. Great rapper. Fantastic rapper. One of the best. I mean, that, that song alone... I get it. It's it's the it's the mainstream one. It's the one that everybody knows him from. But that's just such a iconic song for me. It's such a unique song. And I remember I watched this recording of DMX, like um, like literally in a studio without a shirt on, sweating as he's like screaming into this microphone. And I mean, you could just see how much passion he put into his raps. I mean, you could just see, you, you could let, you didn't even need to see it. You could just hear it when it came to, you know, the, it's not a fucking game. Fuck what you heard. You know, like all, all that good stuff. Obviously I can't do it because I, I'm not DMX. Nobody was. I, again, I like pretty awesome rapper, pretty awesome rapper. Let me turn on my career, uh, not my career, excuse me, my, my AC, hold on. It's hot in here. It's 76 degrees in here. It's like, it's literally one o'clock in the morning. 
recording this very late because, I, again, I was watching Rusty Harden's case and playing Ghost of Tsushima for about two hours. So, really, really late. So, um, it, yeah, like Deshaun Watson, a lot of stuff has happened. A lot of, um, a lot of things have come out in the last couple of days. Um, I believe the cases have now stopped because Tony Busby now has to, like, you know, do some other new filings as well um, for his clients and things of that nature. So, let's kind of start off. I don't even know when. Let's start off with a couple of days ago when I heard that one of Rusty Hardin's, Deshaun Watson's new or not new, but current lawyer, one of his new statements. Now, if you haven't listened to every single podcast that I've covered, if you don't know the up and up, if you don't know what's going on, let me kind of, you know, enlighten you and inform you, or if you have listened to a lot of these podcasts, let me then re-inform you. Essentially, Sean Watson is being accused of sexual misconduct by 22 women, he has had 18 women come out in support of him, um, saying we don't believe that he did these things and things of that nature. And then um, essentially that's it. There, there really hasn't been a whole lot of evidence. I have some of Tony Busby's um, related text messages in Instagram DMs that he has released. Um, for a little bit of context, these do not make Deshaun Watson look good at all it kind of answers damn some of it like uh, like I'm, I'm watching like i just looked at one of these plane tickets I, uh, hold on let me let me before i deconstruct some of this stuff like some of the 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 text messages don't make deshaun watson look good but some of these but some of these like but some of the the evidence that i got I'm just like, I'm like, this doesn't make your clients look good, Rusty. Not Rusty, excuse me. Um, Tony, Tony Busby is, I'll, I'll, I'll get them confused a lot. Just know Tony Busby is the lawyer who is suing Deshaun Watson and is representing 22 clients that are alleging sexual misconduct by Deshaun Watson. Some of them, one of them rape. Sounds like it to me at least, but they're not classifying it as, as rape, but it sounds like it is. And then... Rusty Harden is Deshaun Watson's lawyer. Tony Busby released Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday these um, these new text messages and Instagram DMs. I think it may have even been last week as well. And as I was like going over the the um, you know the packet, let me just try and find another version of it because it's like there is one packet with like a plane ticket in. And I, I'm pretty familiar with the cases. And it's like, there's like one packet that they have that they like have sent out. And I'm just like, with with a plane ticket. And I'm just like, these just don't look, these, these don't like support your claim of, <clears throat> of like, you know, Deshaun Watson flew this girl out on like March or June or something like that. The plane ticket looks like it is, it's from, it, it's first and foremost, it looks like it's from Houston to Atlanta. What? 
And it's for August. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, 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 okay. I, I understand it. I thought it was August 27th, 2021. But it's for Friday, August 20, um, August 28th, 2020. I don't know why there's an expiration for August 27th, 2021. But regardless, I was like, it's kind of weird. But, um, like, I don't know whose plane ticket this is. It doesn't have a name. It doesn't have any of that stuff. Some of the information is redacted. It's a screenshot. Okay, so this is... Okay, so Deshaun sent this to the girl. Or one of the IG models. I was I was kind of confused. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, because one of the allegations is that Deshaun is is um or or had flown out one of these girls okay so here's an expansion of it of the airplane ticket i'm kind of just like looking at it why did he text her this this is such a weird text message but okay but it's like the point is he did text some of some of this stuff and things of that nature. And he's also telling her what to wear as well. I don't know. Like, some of this stuff is kind of weird, I guess. I don't know. Let me take a swig of my lemonade. Or my water. Watermelon juice. Hold on. Just this case just gets weirder and weirder. And as I was like, and again... Right, we're just looking at Tony Busby's evidence right now. It's like, when it comes to the evidence that Tony Busby had released during his press conference, the second one where he had had some packets for journalists to read and stuff like that, I myself had looked over it, and it was just like, there were times where when I was reading this evidence, it was so hard for me to decipher because there were so many times where I felt they had purposely edited out and just like, because these are just pictures. These are like, these, these are screenshots of DMs and text messages and stuff like that, that they've just essentially released and they've just clipped it out. They haven't released the full context of certain things. They've just clipped and cut some things out. So I can't really get the full context of what's going on, which kind of leads me to believe that some of this stuff was cut out intentionally because it makes his clients look bad. Otherwise, why wouldn't you release the full transcripts, right? And it's like, I keep getting that like over and over and over and over and over again. And I just don't really understand what's going on just because of the context. Like, I just don't have the full context at all. <clears throat> and I just, I don't understand like what's going on. I get kind of like, because I heard Tony Busby's press conference I get what's being insinuated, but I mean, like, for example, there's one text message where he, like, says, where he says something like, this is fine, and then he says, it's hot in here, and above that is, like, a picture of a girl with, like, wearing a, um, it looks like a push-up bra and, like, some booty shorts, and I think that's what he wanted the I, like. I think what Tony Busby is implying is that this is what Deshaun Watson wanted the masseuse 
to um to where but then it's like why wouldn't you just say like literally there should be a text message right above it where he says like yes like this is what uh like um hey i want you to wear this or whatever and i just don't understand why they wouldn't put that in this packet to me this doesn't prove anything but then they get into like some other stuff of him like talking about or not him but like other people talking about how like deshaun watson is like problematic he also like brings up a tweet from like 2012 and i was like i could care less about 2012 that's dumb <clears throat> blah, 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 blah. i don't know some of this stuff is just like so weird but like other stuff is like um like, other stuff is, like, this text message from... Is this a text message? This is a weirdly taken screenshot, too. I'm like... You know how, like, on iPhones, right? Whenever you, you're, like, texting somebody, you have, like... I don't I don't know what this is, but this is just, like, a weird screenshot. Again, like, you know how, like... On iPhones, there's, like, the left side of the screen where, you know, whoever you're texting is, like, writing some stuff out. And then on the right side, I mean, it's not even on iPhones. It's on, like, my Android as well. Where it's, like, everybody who's, like, like I'm in a group chat right now. And it's, like, everybody who's texting me right now is on the left side. And then everybody else is, like, on the right side. It looks like there's just, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, I guess, well, never mind. It's not so weird. Because it's like, technically, my phone is kind of doing it right now. But it's just, it looks kind of weird to me. I'm not saying it's Photoshopped. It just looks weird. But the full, like, text messages, and this is essentially after Deshaun Watson or, like, after somebody complained to a masseuse. Essentially, like, um, and by the way, the only reason why we're doing this is because I talked about evidence and I wanted to see evidence. And this is part of that evidence. So one of, um, I guess, is a, a masseuse's alleged friend um, texted this to a to one of Tony Busby's clients. You don't have to tell me, but out of curiosity, was it Deshaun Watson? So she can report to, to police, but from what I understand, they won't do much. I would recommend to just not take him anymore, block his number and such. If she feels the need to pass him off so she doesn't have to deal with it, she can send him my number. I'm confident in handling those situations. Usually they will stop after you say no. That's been my experience anyway. I've never had anyone that kept pushing boundaries if it kept on. If she, if she decides to work on him. I got to scroll down to find the other one. Uh, ba 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 if she decides to work on him <clears throat> again and he pushes it again, I can get the player personnel, player personnel person for whatever team it is for her. That's who you would talk to on the team to handle it. They don't do much about the situation, though. First and foremost, like again, as bad as it as again as bad as that looks for Deshaun, if that's true, and and if that came from like a credible source. At the same token, it's like, I don't know, like, the fact that she doesn't even know who the player personnel person is for the Houston Texans, kind of like, and the fact that, like, 
like she even has to ask or like this like at the end of the statement she says like I can get the player personnel person for whatever team it is for her. It's like, dude, you should know it's the Texans. You know? Like, not every single person watches football. Not every masseuse watches football. Not, But it's like, if this is somebody who knows Deshaun and knows that he's, you know, an abuser and stuff like that and things of that nature, I would assume that you would know, you know, like, who he plays for. And especially if you know the player personnel. And again, this also provides, and this is like one of the head-scratching things about this piece of evidence to me as well. And, I, and again, this doesn't look good for Deshaun if this is true. But it's like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, wait a second. In Tony Busby's, in like all of his lawsuits that I've read up until this point, essentially the major like contention is this person has had no affiliation with the Houston Texans. Well, this person knows somebody who is affiliated. Doesn't that, like, indirectly mean that in some way they are kind of affiliate, that they do know somebody who is affiliated with the Houston Texans? I mean, I get it. It's a bit of a stretch, but still, you know, it's just weird to me. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know. And then it kind of, like, cuts off from there. And then, what else? Is it Texan? And then this is another text message from who? I don't know. Like, some of these text messages are coming in. There's no names so I just don't know who these who these text messages are coming from at all. Is it Texans? It sucks, but it's just like a regular client. In my experience, they usually try the first time, then stop. If it is Deshaun, I'll call his manager or agent on behalf, on her behalf. If shed like, that is that that is what they texted, not what I said. Or not that, that's if shed like is what they texted. I don't know what that means. I don't even have to know her name, just confirmation that it's him. My advice to her would be to know that she did nothing. It's not her fault. These guys are used to never being told no, and women throw themselves at them daily. I definitely agree with that. It's easier said than done, but shake it off. There's nothing she could have done to deter it. Kind of don't really know the context of that, but still. And again, I'm reading this off of like a website. I don't really know the context that much but essentially it's i'm assuming after a alleged assault or misconduct or whatever they want to call it here's another text message just let me know if she wants me to talk to anyone if it is him i normally am the one who coordinates his therapist when i can't make it due to this issue actually so i am very close to his team i will ensure his team handles him i will be ta i will be talking to her this is like two women talking about an alleged victim essentially uh i will be talking to her tomorrow i'll let you know sounds good have a good night you too and i think that's the extent no there's like more okay what is this i'm like now i'm just looking at this Okay, so that's just something that we've already read. Buh, 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 buh. What is this? Now I'm kind of just like looking at some of these like Instagram DMs. Him asking for a sweetest massage, which is nothing. Again, like some of these, like some of the things that Tony Busby has like submitted is just like, no, this is kind of dumb. <clears throat> Here we go. Here's like the main like damning one that's like, pretty bad if it's true here we go 
This is a text message. I know, I know, I know. That's crazy. I told you I stopped working with him. Question mark. Yeah, why? Because I was hearing too much stuff about him messing with other people, like other therapists and estheticians. He's been doing a lot the last three to four months. And I even told his ass he needed to be careful because his name getting around. I just hope don't nobody call me to question me. And apparently that was one of the women that had um, come out in support of Deshaun Watson. I have no idea. Like, I don't even know who these people are because all this information has been redacted and things of that nature. There, To be honest with you, I can't really even tell you, like, the timestamps of some of this information. Like, the actual dates in which this information was submitted. Because, again, the way that it's, inf uh, like, like um, not informed, excuse me, but, like, presented... And then also the way that it's like edited and certain things are cut out. Like, I don't know who any of these people are like at all. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that this stuff was fabricated. I just, I don't know where any of this stuff is coming from. This could be coming from like a friend, a mother, a coworker, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. But that's Tony Busby's um, evidence that he submitted. And I constantly have to, like, reiterate this fact. There's, like, very, very little evidence that I feel that he submitted within the last, like, month that supports 22 women's allegations of sexual misconduct against Deshaun Watson. There is some in that case, in, like, some of the cases that I just read, that I'm like, oh, that, that's, that's bad. That's real bad. But then there's like other parts where I'm just like reading some of the text messages and looking at some of the pictures and I'm like, dude, this doesn't really prove a whole lot. On to what happened on Friday. Oh, yeah, I definitely should have introed this in. Um, we're not going to have a podcast on Saturday. I took like 23 minutes to name that out. Let me pause the Tony Busby and Deshaun Watson like conversation and talk about this. Yeah, uh, we're not going to have a podcast Saturday. I mean, I could talk about Ghost of Tsushima more. I could talk about some of the Persona stuff more. But really, I kind of just want to take like a two-day break and then come back Monday and then we'll hit the hay or hit the field again. I don't know what it's called. But we'll hit it again on Monday and not Saturday, which technically today's podcast will be released Saturday, but we're not going to actually have a podcast Saturday. It's just like... You know, like te technically this is Friday's podcast and we'll be releasing this one Friday or whatever or Saturday. Sorry. Anyways, um, going back to the the press conference that Rusty Harden had had. Now, if you're keeping up with this stuff, you know that this is the first time that Rusty Harden has spoken to the media. By the way, no idea what's going on with the microphones. No idea what's going on with the mixer. There's these very, very loud pops uh there's nothing i can do it's not my mixer it's not my sound it's their sound i apologize for it it's gonna be like this loud crackle there's literally nothing i can do about it i apologize once again but um rusty harden and about four other of his co-workers uh, essentially came out with super hot fire and they fucking they fucking just like I don't, they didn't eviscerate Rusty Harden, but I mean, 
I wonder how closely some of the media outlets are going to cover any of these statements, considering that they really didn't cover his statements at all, like a couple of weeks ago. But um, yeah, they got a full hour. He even answered and was asked questions after the press conference. We'll get into like one of those as well. And a lot of the questions, I'll give it, I'll give the media credit. A lot of the questions he actually, um, or uh, some of the questions were actually like questions that people actually want to know about. And he answers some of the things that has been constantly asked for like the last couple of weeks. So kind of want to hit, kind of want to do this in semi-chronological order and things of that nature. And kind of the first thing that he talks about that I thought was interesting that essentially like completely eviscerates idiots like Mike Florio, who's like, uh, you should know, like you shouldn't get the names of the, uh, of the alleged victims. Like you should know, you should be able to ballpark it. Right. And here's what a real lawyer actually sounds like and not a lawyer who hasn't practiced law in God knows how long. Here's Rusty Harden talking about why uh, him and his uh, co-workers, I don't know, partners, right, at their law firms? I, I, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. But here's what, like, Rusty Harden was talking about when it comes to, like, hey, um, this is why we need the women's actual names when it comes to these court cases and these court documents. Again, I apologize for how it sounds. There's going to be some crackles. There's going to be some pops as we go through this audio. Again, there's nothing that I can do about it and things of that nature. All right, Rusty Harden of, I, oh, God, we, we're about to get an ad. Uh, that sucks. I literally listened to it for like an hour, and it's like I got a bajillion ads, and then it's like I got to now watch an unskippable ad because whoever is running this YouTube channel knows that, like, literally they don't get any views whatsoever, <clears throat> so they have to freaking milk it. So now I'm, like, distracting you as I talk through the 15-second ad. Here we go. Let me rewind it. Here's Rusty Harden talking about how um, how and why, or not how, but just why he hasn't necessarily been um, reachable by the media. That everybody in the media that I'm aware of actively and aggressively sought to get our side, and we refused. So I've been accused many times in the past of, of jumping in front of cameras too quickly or whatever. Uh, and some of you are not used to the fact that we just were not talking to you. And the reason is we don't know what happened for sure. And, and you've heard me talk all along here about how in the world are we supposed to respond when we don't know the names of the people. And I've seen some talking heads uh, that- This is indirect. I can- Oh my God, sorry. This is in- direct response to the absolute moronic statements by one Mike Florio. Find out who did it, right? I mean, they just go look and they match up dates and try to figure out. That's not what it's supposed to be about. We're not supposed to have to guess who is accusing us of doing something wrong. And I have been, and you've seen our pleadings, I have been guided throughout this by a strong fear. What if we disagreed with a woman and her petition and it turned out we were wrong about who it was? Pretty good point, right? You and everybody else would wrongly, would rightly scour us for that. So we have been involved in something that I'm not sure y'all recognize how unique it is. And it, and it, 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 what's really important is to understand the dangers of what's happened these last two weeks. 
not just the dangers to Deshaun Watson, but the dangers to anyone in which an opponent decides to try to ruin because it will help their case. Because if you stop and think about it, let's assume for a moment that given the, the rapidity of social media, that someone decides that it's to their advantage, whether it gives them bad litigation, whether it gives them advantage in anything else, to go out and just lambast the target of their ire and lambast somebody that the media and the public care about that has a reputation so that they will get the coverage they want. Let's assume for a moment, now I'm not naming names or suggesting anything, but let's assume for a moment someone decides it is to his or her advantage to be a proponent of a particular social issue or a particular hot button issue and they pick a target to try to become associated with that activity and they give all these self-serving social media posts about how wonderful they are and how the champion they are of this or that. And then they make these horribly salacious allegations. Gotta pause it right here. If you aren't picking up what he's putting down, essentially what he's saying is, uh, Rusty, not Rusty, Tony Busby is essentially using social media to virtue signal and say, look, Deshaun is a part of the whole, you know, culture that put on Bill Cosby and like Kevin Spacey and let them get away with like sexual assault and rape and things of that nature. And, um, <clears throat> and Deshaun Watson's a part of it. They even had Ashley Solis say like me too, like twice or like me too at the end of her press conference. Like, can I find it? 1000% I definitely can. I don't know if anyone played it, but it's like they had, um, can I, if I just, yeah, I, I'm like, I can just Google it, right? Yep, 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 yep. If I, like, hold on, let me pause it and then play this ad. So, essentially, once once again, Rusty Harden is essentially saying, hey, um, they're virtue signaling, and it would set a dangerous precedent if, essentially, we convicted Deshaun Watson before any actual evidence has, maybe not evidence, but his day in court, you know, his trial, his, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, before any of that stuff had actually happened, before he actually gets his shot to defend himself in a legal system, in a legal court, right? It would be terrible if we were able to pass judgment just because somebody who could hide behind the veil of anonymity, and, and he's essentially saying, like, the dangerous precedent that that could set up, if somebody could hide behind the veil of anonymity and then say, hey, this happened to me, and things of that nature, I'm a Jane Doe, I, you know, I've like, um, I've been assaulted by Deshaun Watson. And then he is essentially saying like, Hey, like Tony Busby is essentially virtue signaling and saying all of this other stuff. Um, because, uh, because he can, let me also try and find this Ashley Solis clip here. Hold on. I'm seeking justice, not just on behalf of myself, but for all survivors. So here's her saying, uh, she wants to seek justice for herself and all of her survivors, and we'll get back to Tony Busby. And she even says, me too, at the end. This type of conduct. I come forward now to bring change in our society. I'm seeking justice, not just on behalf of myself, but for all of survivors. I stand with you all. This is about having my voice heard. This is about having other survivors' voices heard. My name is Ashley Solis, and I am a survivor. Me too. Thank you. Right, so that's 
that's her clip. That's what that's what she said about a couple of days ago to the greater Houston media, right? And Rusty Harden is essentially addressing, you know, this weird philosophy where it's like, yeah, like, like, yeah, Deshaun has a lot of cases right now, but it would be unfair to actually judge him before we actually have, you know, his day in court and the terrible precedent that it would be set, that would be setting up for, you know, like a legal precedent where you can just go in and accuse people of things without even actually having their day in court, which is why, like, idiots like Mike Florio, I could give two shits about how long he practiced law. He needs to practice law longer because he's a joke. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He talked about, like, Deshaun Watson. Let me get on this for a couple of minutes. He talked about how, like, Deshaun Watson needs to get a, a retired judge to mediate like both of the sides and he needs to he needs to make it right to make it go away even though like he speaks out of both sides of his mouth he's like you know Deshaun needs to make it go away but when I don't when I mean by make it go away I don't mean make it go away I mean like he he doesn't even know what he's saying half the time he's so incoherent but Mike Florio is like get a get a mediator you know settle it out of court so that way this can go away even though the fucking degenerate moron that Mike Florio is, this is why I don't actually rely on him as a reliable and informative source because he's a fucking moron, right? Uh, is because for some weird reason, he wants somebody who's been essentially, and I have to insert in a trigger warning, and I mean, I've technically talked about rape already, but it's like, you know, I mean, like this, this one of the young women is accusing Deshaun Watson of what of rape, and it's like, who the fuck cares about the money? And and he keeps on Mike fucking Florio, that idiot, keeps on talking about settling out of court. The NFL may have to do something. The NFL may have to come in and do something. And it's like, hey moron, you do realize that Deshaun Watson, who can, who gives a fuck about football? Deshaun Watson could actually go to jail. Right, and it's like it's just so weird for me to see Mike Florio, Michael Florio, whatever you want to call him, just come in and act like an absolute brain dead moron and say, "Well, Deshaun needs to make it right." And it's like, "Hey, dumbass! If you believe these women, if you actually believe what they're saying, hey, dumbass! One woman is alleging rape. You don't think that a couple million dollars is enough justice? What about the criminal activity? Let's say they actually went in in a civil court." They get a, a payout, right? That means that she could potentially have a case in what? In criminal court. It's like, you really think, like, get the fuck out of here. That, like, this is what I'm talking about with virtue signaling. People are like, oh, man, like, I, uh, like, I, I really believe in this, or I, I'm really for this. And it's like, no, you don't. You're not actually for it. Not actually about it at all. Because if you were, you wouldn't be demanding that it, you wouldn't be talking about making this shit go away for your dumbass TV show. You'd be saying Deshaun Watson deserves to go to prison. But he's like, I got to have a hot take because I'm a sportscaster. I'm a sports analyst. And I put that in air quotes. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, the, uh, again, I, I, I can't stand Florio at all. He's an idiot. He's untrustworthy. I have no idea how his show hasn't been pulled off the air because of how little people watch it. But it's like, holy Toledo, man. I just I, I, I just can't stand that guy. He's just so... How can somebody who practiced law for 19, 19 years not understand 
basic things about critical thinking. It, like Again, it escapes my mind. Let me plug in my computer. Sorry about that. All right, let's continue with Rusty Harden's statement. I'm going forward from here. Anonymously, they file a petition, but the other side's answer date is not until the first Monday, 20 days after their first lawsuit's filed against them. In the meantime, the object of it doesn't know who it was. Who, who's, how, how do I know? How do I prepare? What do I do? And then people who are sympathetic to the social issue being raised say, well, you, what, what's the big deal? You can find out. What we heard today in the courts so far, and other judges still remove, uh, to, to rule, and I don't want to anticipate what they're going to say. But This is him addressing, if you, if you aren't aware of it, Rusty Hardin essentially said, hey, um, we can't figure these people out. We don't know these people, and it's against state law for Tony Busby to essentially file on behalf of his defendants, on behalf of his plaintiffs. Excuse me, he's not the defendant. He's, he's, he's the, his clients are the plaintiffs. But essentially, Rusty Harden was like, hey, this is illegal in the state of Texas for him to file under the Jane Doe, you know, veil of anonymity or the pseudonym uh, in the state of Texas when it comes to alleging sexual misconduct. This has got to go. So that way we can know who and where the who and what these women are and the accusations that they have. Continuing forward. So far, uniformly in 13 of the cases filed against him, two different judges have said you need to tell them. Tell them who you are. And uh, actually, Mr. Busby, as you may know this morning, uh, halfway through the hearing, said that he was ready to, uh, to amend as soon as he got all of all his people. That is something he could have done two weeks ago. Essentially, what Rusty Harden is saying that they won in court. The judges essentially said, yeah, hey, um, Busby, Tell your plaintiffs, write down their names on a piece of paper. They need to know who is alleging sexual misconduct by Deshaun Watson. And they need to know by Monday. Excuse me, by Tuesday. Maybe by Monday? I think it's by Tuesday in the next two business days. So it is Tuesday. So they're like, yep, you need to tell them by Tuesday. Or else these cases, out of court. Which, again, they've already amended them. They've already, they're going to, you know, put their names in. Um, and it's probably going to be filed over uh, over the next couple of days, and we'll probably have the new amended cases, and I'll probably look through them. Not on the podcast. We've already gone through this more than enough. But essentially what Rusty Harden is essentially saying is, yeah, um, we won in case today or we won in court today. Uh, he's got to give us the goods. He's got to give us the information. Continuing forward. And all of this howling about us, who is it? We could have filed answers before now. We could have fully investigated and every t while we were investigating, our biggest fear was being wrong about somebody. So somebody might say, well, my God, look at all those lawsuits. Does that mean he saw that many people? Folks, this guy has been getting two to three massages a week. This is him addressing. It's one of, the, it's one of two times, I believe, in this hour-long discussion. A journalist asked him this later on. This is one of two times where he addresses the volume of massages. And this happens, like, all of this stuff happens within, like, 10 minutes of one another. So one of the things that you keep on hearing if you've been watching, like, any sports show talk about it, people will always say, well, the number of massages, oh, man, like, that's, that's just weird. That's just odd. And I, I conceded. I said, yeah, it is weird. But 
Who the fuck cares? Seven massages, 10 massages, 20 massages, 30, 50, 100, 1,000, whatever, by 1,000 different masseuses doesn't equate to sexual misconduct, sexual assault, and rape. And it was weird how many times people were just like trying to emphasize that, oh man, it's weird that he has had a lot of massages as a football player by a lot of different masseuses. I'm like, but that doesn't equate to sexual assault, rape, whatever. So I don't even know why we're having this discussion. Again, it's looking for bones and skeletons where they can't find them because they're just too stupid and too incoherent and they haven't done their homework at all about these uh, these cases. Continuing forward, Rusty Harden's going to break it down for you. The math I do on that is anywhere from 120 to 140 to 150 massages a year. He's talking about how many massages Deshaun Watson gets annually, essentially. And he mentions COVID and the implications that kind of happened because of COVID and why Deshaun Watson necessarily had to use multiple different massages, masseuses, excuse me. He's been here since 1918. I don't know what that means. That was one of the things that I constantly kept on, uh, like, replaying over and over again. I don't know what 1918 is. I think it's, like, 2019 to 2018. I think that's what he's trying to say, 19, 2019, 2018. It's a little bit further than that. It's, like, 2017. In the year 2020, all of a sudden, spas shut down. If y'all remember, nobody was getting massages unless they came up with an ad hoc way to do it. So that partly, that, that doesn't mean exclusively. He'd gone on Instagram before to line up, and he did. But I've learned, but the, the fact is, the world, massage world during the pandemic changed. If you look at these allegations, my calculation is every one of them occur after we shut down from the pandemic. I was in a trial. So I'm pretty mindful of this when everything shut down and everything shut down in the middle of March. First one of these allegations is late March of last year. That doesn't mean that he was never using Instagram before. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying that if you are a busy, active athlete and you are traveling constantly as he was, then you are going to have immediate, when you want to get one, you can't predict it ahead of time. And by the way, these, these football teams don't have this battery of, of masseuses. I think that's probably something when y'all look into it and start talking, you'll find out it's not the case. That's another thing that people have also said constantly. And when Tony Busby was kind of going through this part, I was like, that's right. The NFL, if you don't remember this a year ago, in like mid-March, the NFL essentially shut down all their facilities, right? So that also includes the masseuses right and also their like like weight rooms and their recovery rooms and their like state of uh, state of the art technology right so all of like all of that got locked out by the players it was almost not by the players but by the nfl it was almost like a lockout year where it's like the players couldn't go to you know to the uh you know to the facilities so the again like busby's right in the sense of him saying like yeah like like the whole team of masseuses and things of that nature, it's not true because of COVID, right? But then, isn't there something else that I kind of wanted to talk about? Let me rewind it just by 10 seconds. Hold on. Let me rewind it just a little bit. I keep having it on the volume. Here we go. Let me replay it again. 
And by the way, these, these football teams don't have this battery of, of masseuses. I think that's probably something when y'all look into it and start talking, you'll find out it's not the case. These, all these players, they use different masseuses. Which is another thing that I had to learn because of the generational aspect. Millennials live on Instagram. Those of you who are millennials know that. Those of you who are not have probably discovered it long before I. They do business on it. Deshaun lives on Instagram. He does business transactions on Instagram. Other people do. I'm discovering a much more prevalent use of it than I had any idea. I'm not on Instagram. I don't do Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I am an idiot about modern communications. But what I've learned is everybody else is not. A little bit more on that later on when it comes to Deshaun Watson's use of Instagram, which is kind of interesting, and it makes a lot of sense, especially if you're like somebody of that nature. But before I get onto that, actually, let, let's kind of just pick up the steam here. Right. Let's let's kind of continue forward with the Instagram thing. Right. Because Instagram is like the kind of one of the focal points of this. So. Here's kind of like here's another lawyer. So this is another like affiliate of the uh, of the Rusty Harden law firm. Right. And she's going to come in and she's going to actually talk about some about like, well, why is Deshaun Watson contacting a lot of these masseuses on in, masse, Yeah. Masseuses on Instagram. Here she is talking about Deshaun Watson and his masseuses. And this also explains some of his other kind of dangerous behavior as well uh, when it comes to the, uh, the lawsuits and things of that nature. You to know is that there is another side to this story, a side that has not yet been told. One um, fact that I actually found uh, very interesting about Deshaun is that he doesn't have an entourage. He doesn't have a staff. He books and schedules his own dentist appointments. Knowing that about him, does it surprise you that he would also schedule his own massage therapy sessions? Let me replay, let me replay that for you, just in case you didn't get the significance. One um, fact that I actually found uh, very interesting about Deshaun is that he doesn't have an entourage. He doesn't have a staff. He books and schedules his own dentist appointments. Knowing that about him, does it surprise you that he would also schedule his own massage therapy sessions? So essentially, one of the big accusations that's come out is, well, why doesn't, why doesn't, and, and by the way, this was like, they were so, it's, it's weird, like, how just destructive this press conference was versus, like, Tony Busby's press conference, considering, like, Literally every single thing that the media has questioned, that Tony Busby has questioned, they just fucking, fucking murdered it. Like they were a fucking pack of lions, just like mercilessly and coldly, no emotion. They just came in and fucking just murdered every single point, the terrible point I might add, that the media has um, has put in front of Rusty Harden and, um, and, and his associates and Deshaun Watson and things of that nature. They talked about, you know, Instagram and how it's like, oh, wait, Deshaun doesn't have a fucking entourage. He doesn't have an entourage. Some people are like, well, why is Deshaun contacting all of these Instagram uh, misuses? And it's like, well, it's because he doesn't have an assistant. It's because he doesn't have any people. It's because he doesn't have, like, a bodyguard. I think he does. I don't know if he does. He doesn't have any of these people. 
It's just him walking around and doing shit by himself. I remember listening to this story of him when he was like a rookie and how he had like <clears throat> went to the Galleria, which is like this big mall in downtown Houston. It's like it, it, it has like a hotel. It's a really, really awesome mall. It's like a, it has a hotel literally attached to it. Again, awesome mall. Where he's like walking in the Galleria, gets swarmed. And he's like, oh, crap, I'm the Houston Texans quarterback. And it seems like a lot of that is kind of taking place now once again. Let's continue forward. Let's actually go back as, um, not as, excuse me. Let me go back and let me hit you with the second girl that they introduced as well. Now, a little bit of context. Uh, These women that are coming up, these are lawyers. And essentially what Rusty Harden had them do is he had some of his women, some of, uh, not his women, that sounds weird. Some of his coworkers essentially go out to Deshaun Watson's house and like spend time with him to see like whether or not they felt that they were comfortable around him. Because again, this whole like press conference and even like this whole like, hey, we want to know who these women are. It was essentially like, making sure that Deshaun Watson didn't do these things, right? So Deshaun Watson was, not Deshaun Watson. So Rusty Harden sent over multiple women to Deshaun Watson's house to evaluate him, to make sure that he wasn't a fucking psychopath. And they're all like, yeah, no, we think he's a good person. Now, whether or not that's something that, you know, matters or not, I don't really know. I don't really care. But what they deem is that he's not a a, um, you know, like a, like a, like a predator, a sexual predator. And I thought that both of the testimonies, they're not testimonies, both of the statements that both of the, there is, there's four lawyers there. Two of them kind of got more, more airtime. I would say more like space to talk. One of them, the one that I just played to you, I think had a very, very significant thing to say. The third, the second one, this girl got up and she was the second one that spoke. I think she has something really, really important to say. Uh, I don't know what her name is, but she's going to say some, she's going to introduce herself and things of that nature. I'm not from here and I don't watch football. Um, and so all I knew about Deshaun was what I read in the allegations. So when I met him, I didn't know what to expect. And all of us are up here, like Rusty said, not because we're women or women of color, but because we believe in him. We have spent every day fighting for him since he came to our firm. And I personally have spent hours with him. And I can tell you that this man is not capable of the things that are in the allegations. He is not that man. He is not a sexual predator. And I feel very strongly to say he has not forced, coerced, intimidated, or threatened any woman to do anything to him. I have watched day after day as lawsuits have come out, as the media has come out, how this has affected him. He shared with me that he has trouble sleeping and eating. It's not only affected him, it's affected everyone that's connected to him, his family. He has worked so hard for his name. And what I have found out about him is he cares deeply about this city, about his communities. He takes every every opportunity he can to give back. Spending time with him. I- All right, this is just BS now. But you heard like the first part where she was talking about believing him. Also, by the way, apologize for the weird cracks and the noise and... Again, it's their mixer. It's their audio. I don't know what's, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know how a free software on my computer 
can mix sound better than thousands of dollars worth of equipment. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. You know, it's the way that the world works. It's why, like, a 4K camera on an NFL football game beats out, like, a $30,000 camera. 4K $10,000 camera beats out, like, a $30,000 camera. I don't get it either. It's like, way too much shit is way too expensive for no for no apparent reason. It's like Gucci flip-flops. It's like, or Gucci sneakers. It's like, they're shittier, they're, they're of a shittier build than, like, my Vans that are, like, $30. It's like, but because they have Gucci on them, it's like, it's expensive. I'd... Mix some shit that's expensive is overrated. So again, uh, the lawyers, they reiterated that they didn't believe that he did that. Some people are going to say, well, no, duh, well, no, duh, it's, they're his lawyers. But again, it's the premonition, it's not the premonition, but it's the premise that essentially uh, Rusty Arden sent these girls, sent, oh my God, that sounds weird, sent, sent these lawyers, let me speak professionally about them, sent these lawyers to Deshaun Watson's house and essentially said, hey, monitor him, make sure he's not a freaking monster. And they did. And they were like, yeah, we don't think so. So then they took the case kind of based off of that. Continuing forward. I now know, like, if I'm ever in a pickle, I got to freaking call up Rusty Harden to to (laughs) freaking to bail me out. Because, God damn, is he doing I mean, good. It's it's not, like, bombastic. It's not, like, over the top. But it's essentially just, like, these are the facts. That we're going to disprove this these facts in a timely manner. If you, like, understand the nuances of, like, speech and debate, you kind of are like, oh, yeah, he's fucking slam dunking it right now, right? Like, he, like he, he is absolutely his clients. I mean, they're just literally not even generalizing things. They're literally going point by point by point by point by point, addressing everything that's been uh, prominent in the media throughout the last couple of weeks, technically month, really, at this point. And they just keep on going point by point by point, destroying every single thing that has been brought up about Deshaun Watson. And, uh, they, they, I mean, they're just fucking killing it. Let's continue forward. One is, as is, is, is Lear has said, he's not guilty. Well, the irony of that statement is, this is these are civil cases but they've been conducted like a criminal case in turn in the media. Uh, none of these women are, are suggesting that they were sexually assaulted in the sense of any type of penetration or anything. Which is true. And I had to change my language of it. I, I was like, they, technically it's not sexual assault, it's sexual misconduct. And again, reinforcing the whole, you know, um, like I, I remember seeing like, Either somebody saying like, "Did Deshaun Watson lose the 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 public discourse or not the public uh, discourse? What, what what was it called? The public court, the publicity court. What is it? Court of public opinion. There we go. Did he lose the court of public opinion? And it's like, you know, Rusty Harden's literally addressing that right now. He's like, like I feel like it's ridiculous that he's being essentially condemned right now when he hasn't even gotten his day in court when we haven't even addressed it. Remember. This is like their first big statement that they've come out and addressed. This this isn't like oh my gosh, like this isn't this isn't um this isn't them coming out and essentially being like you know hey we um we support Deshaun or not support Deshaun Watson excuse me. This isn't like them meeting on a weekly basis excuse me. This is like their first real press conference that they've had with the media 
and um, they're all like, yeah, we like we don't think he didn't do this. And they always like kind of hint like all of them are like super confident, like borderline, like smirking on like how confident they are, where I feel like they, they have like this smoking gun that they're just like, like even Tony, not Tony, uh, Rusty Harden, like multiple times during this press conference, he had to like stop himself from saying something. And I'm just like, wait, like what, like what's, what's the thing that you are about to say? What's the smoking gun in all this situation? What's the piece of evidence that you're sitting on that you're not letting me, uh, not letting me get to, not letting me see right now. I don't, I don't really see what you're trying to tell me right now, Rusty. What's going on? Let's continue forward. I've read them. Only two or three that claim there was any force used. Most of them are women who say they felt uncomfortable, didn't approve of what portions he wanted it done, you know, rubbed or so. Many of them were unfamiliar with the type of massages he was asking for. All of those are facts to be sorted out later. The problem with this firestorm that was created, it's too late probably to change people's minds. And that's, that's tremendously sad. But all I really wanted to do through this press conference and all we wanted to do as we talk to these judges in public hearings now is not to, not to extrajudicially litigate the individual cases and facts, but it is simply to try to move the middle back to the middle. Right. Essentially, he just wants his day in court because uh, he knows he's going to fucking destroy Tony Busby in court. I mean, he's making Tony Busby look like an absolute mule versus like a a prize winning, you know, purebred, you know, racehorse. You know, that has like a nice silky coat. Let's continue forward. With this, um, with Tony Busby talking about a new model of exploitation, or not exploitation, excuse me, extortion. These factors, the very things that she's talking about, the full tapestry of that man's life, because in all due respect, what we witness here is a new model for extortion. That's all. You bleed it out, you keep saying it, you keep saying it. And you keep talking about it. You say it's not about money when the whole thing happened. One of the things I haven't seen y'all talk about much that might be worth noting. Both of the, one of the women that testified at the press conference on Wednesday or was there and spoke. The issue was she said this is not about money. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a big, big, big part of this entire fucking game. I just... I wanted to pause, and I also wanted to apologize because we had another terrible squeak. I apologize. Again, it's their mixer, not mine. Thousands of dollars. Mine's free. Um, big, big, big part that he's about to address because this is the part that I've talked about for over a month. I'm like, wait a second. you It's, it's the whole we don't want money, we want justice type of thing, right? He's going to directly respond in the exact same way that I've just like questioned this entire case. This is a absolute Shaquille O'Neal going over the top and breaking the glass on the backboard type of dunk, snapping the metal riggings of the basketball goal. Look up what I'm talking about on YouTube. Shaq breaking a, a basketball backboard, shatters the glass, breaks the entire thing, this is exactly what they had to, the NBA literally had to reinforce 
the basketball goal. Literally what I'm talking about is just rusty. It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't look like it. There's no crowd applause to it. But this is an absolute top-notch dunk on the whole premise that these women aren't after money. They're after justice, even though they filed the minimal depository thing, whatever it's called, in their respective cases. Here's Tony Busby's, excuse me, not Tony Busby, Rusty Harden. I said I was going to get the names confused all the time. Here's Rusty Harden's over-the-top slam dunk. Shaquille O'Neal breaks the glass on the backboard and the metal riggings, snaps it in half, and has to reinforce, and the NBA has to reinforce the riggings on the metal, and they have to reinforce the backboard because of Shaq. Here's Rusty Harden. Fact is, if Sean's people you've since seen in writing, if they had been willing to pay her $100,000, she had never said a, she would never have said a word. Now, I don't know how. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll replay that just for you a little bit. Essentially, the context is, what Rusty Harden is talking about is about Feb on February 9th of last month, technically not last month, we're not in March, we're knee deep in April. In March, not in March, excuse me, in February, February 9th, I believe. Tony Busby sends, and I even have the emails here. I even have the emails because um, I think they sent unsolicited emails to Deshaun Watson's agent and he had kept them up. So he's like, hey, uh, so he turned over the emails to Rusty Harden, and Rusty Harden's like, oh my god, they sent unsolicited emails? Cool, we get to put the transcripts in our actual statement, right? So the statement essentially is, and I'll summarize it for you because it's multiple pages of essentially just BS, right? So essentially, the statement, the, um, the, the conversation essentially starts out with... Um, Cornelia Harvey, who is a, who is one of Tony Busby's co-workers. Tony Busby, the, the lawyer representing the 22 plaintiffs. Hold on, let me move my chair. Sitting down now. I've been standing up. I'm now gonna sit down. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Cool. All right. So, Cornelia Harvey is one of Rusty Harden's. Damn it, not Harden. I keep getting the two lawyers confused. I don't know why. But it's like he's she, Cornelia, is one of Tony Busby's, um, like, uh, like essentially co-workers, essentially, right? So she, so she is interviewing, not interviewing, she is sending messages. This is the 3rd of February, right? This first message is essentially like saying, hey, uh, her and Deshaun Watson's agent have talked on the phone. She's emailing him, boom. Uh, she's, she's essentially wanting to like sue, sue him and want necessary. Here, here's, here's the actual transcript. We are of the strong position that we need a mediator for any settlement negotiations going forward in this matter. We believe it is in the best interest of all parties to have a mediator in order to protect any discussions. By the way, shout out to that dumbass Mike Florio, you absolute mule. Because he's, he, he's been saying for the last couple of weeks, Deshaun Watson needs to hire a judge to, a retired judge to mediate these, uh, the, you know, these discussions. And it's like, hey, dumbass, they were trying to do that months ago and it fell through because Tony Busby's guys, or specifically gals, were like, no, we're not going to fucking do that. We demand a hundred grand. Shut the fuck up, you idiot Mike Florio. But continuing forward, um... The transcript essentially gets to the point where 
Deshaun Watson's agent is like, hey, can we get, can I get your boss on? Can I get Rusty Harden on? Or not Rusty Harden, Tony Busby on? Because you're uh, you're a henchman, specifically a henchwoman. I want the main boss, okay? So inevitably, it just gets to, it just devolves into a point where she demands 100 grand and Deshaun Watson's agent is like, no. The literal transcript is, hi, Scott. This is his agent, Deshaun Watson's agent. Hi, Scott. Thank you for touching base. We have had time to discuss this option amongst ourselves and with our client, and we are willing to move forward with settlement negotiations without a mediator. Therefore, my client's demand is a hundred grand. Please let us know Mr. Watson's response. Sincerely, Cornelia Branfield Harvey. Right? That's literally the email. Just say, like, therefore my client's demand is a hundred grand. Right? <clears throat> And then it's like she emails him back. When, when, when is it? When is it? When did she email him? She emailed him at like 429. He gets back to her three hours later. And then at like, what is it? Like 808. 808's an heartbreak. Like 808 p.m. February 9th. She emails him again. And again, like these emails, I apologize if I didn't do a good job of the time, uh, the, uh, the time schedule or whatever it's called. This happened over a couple of days. It started on February 3rd. Essentially, the demand for money was on February 9th, right? A couple of days after the Super Bowl. So, she essentially says, on two, and this happened on Tuesday, February 9th at 8.08 p.m., where she says this, Scott, this offer remains open until Friday of this week. Thanks, sincerely, Cornel, blah, 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 blah. And then it devolves even further where essentially they say, fuck off. Deshaun Watson's agent is like, we're not paying. We're not. And they even like know who it is. They know that it's Ashley Solis. This is like this again. This is Ashley Solis is an Ashley Solis. The girl that was that um, that had had the press conference on Wednesday that everybody keeps on replaying her crying. So uh, the, the quote from. Deshaun Watson's agent is Miss Elise wanted to either help us understand. Hold on. Let me read you the full email following on my call last week with Cornelia wanted to check in on this to see if Miss Elise, this is Ashley Solis. This is the first alleged victim. Miss Elise wanted to either help us understand the rationale behind the the $100,000 demand or come back with a different figure. As I said to Cornelia last week, we don't believe that the alleged facts show facts, excuse me, not facts, facts, excuse me, show that Deshaun did anything wrong with regards to Miss Elise. But we are nevertheless happy to continue the conversation around a reasonable settlement figure because we believe he can learn a lesson about having put himself in this situation. And again, this goes with this context of Deshaun Watson doing everything by himself and not having an entourage of people surrounding him because he doesn't. He, does, he schedules his own dentist appointments. Continuing forward. This is Tony Busby getting in on this. Um, and he just fucking cuts off the conversation. Literally, holy shit, like literally Friday. Because Deshaun Watson's agent just doesn't email them again. He's like, Friday at 11 a.m.? This is Tony Busby saying, we made a legit demand. You rejected it. We won't be making another or bid against ourselves. We also won't be having an extended dialogue about why you think your client did nothing wrong or how you want this to be a learning experience for your high-profile athlete, which 
he puts in air quotes the high profile athlete but weirdly enough like i'm reading the email like scott gayfield gaffield excuse me not gayfield gaffield says <clears throat> like scott scott gaffield never says high profile athlete maybe they said it on a phone call or whatever i don't know um as you refer to him i don't know but he didn't refer to him as a high profile athlete maybe on the phone i don't know this is houston texans uh, houston texans this is houston oh my god i cannot talk this is houston texas perhaps you should find a lawyer here so you can apprise both you and your client of the landscape here and who you are dealing with talk soon tony busby and that's the end of the transcript that's the end of the conversation and they did they hired rusty law uh, uh, harden excuse me and he's kicking tony busby's ass by every metric and by every conceivable uh, uh metric said metric tracks i apologize continuing forward with rusty harden absolutely eviscerating uh tony busby furthermore the issue was she said this is not about money and again this is the i'm not about money i'm not about money remember the clip that i played you remember the clip where is it let me play it for you this is wednesday of this week we got, Hi, a, this is we got a 15 second ad i apologize this is this week right where she is essentially saying where she is essentially saying hey um I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for all of the women that are coming before me and that are coming after me, right? Let's listen in once again. People say that I'm doing this just for money. Right, right. That is false. I come forward now so that Deshaun Watson does not assault another woman. And I come forward now in the hopes that no other human being will assault another in the future. I want to prevent this type of conduct. I come forward now to bring change in our society. I'm seeking justice, not just on behalf of myself, but for all survivors. I stand with you all. This is about having my voice heard. This is about having other survivors' voices heard. And that, my name is Ashley Solis, and I am a survivor. Me too. Thank you. Right? So that's the whole clip, right, of her coming out and saying, yes, this stuff happened to me all this other stuff watch rusty harden fucking go over the top rope with this slam dunk this is prime real estate prime he's from we're all from texas i'm from texas this is a prime cut of steak right here right now rusty harden over the fucking top the issue was, she said, this is not about money. But the fact is, if Sean's people you've since seen in writing, if they had been willing to pay her $100,000, she had never said a, she would never have said a word. Boom! That's all he needs. And that's all he's going to fucking do in court when he's going over at, when he's going after Ashley Solis and Tony Busby. That's all he needs to say. Literally, and he fucking says it, day one, week one of this press conference, and it's it's an automatic layup. And I'm like, I don't know why the fuck that idiot moron. And this is why I'm like, I don't know if these allegations are true or not. All I know is that these women need different lawyers. Because holy fuck, is Tony Busby fucking up their bags right now. He's fucking up what they're trying to do. They need to stop saying that they're for, you know, that they're for justice and all this other stuff. Because literally Tony, not Tony, Rusty just hit the fucking nail on the head. He said, hey, 
if they wanted money, if they wanted justice, not even if they wanted justice, excuse me, he just said they wanted a hundred grand for a settlement out of court. They don't want justice because this whole situation would have been gone away with two months ago if Deshaun had settled out of court for a hundred grand. And he hit it on the nail. He addressed it immediately. Bang like that. Got it out of the way quickly, precisely, and exactly what he needed to fucking do to fucking just nip it in the bud immediately. Top flight stuff by, by Rusty Harden. I'm hyping it up because it's a big thing, but it's hard to catch if you're not like versed in speech and debate and, you know, these type of verbal tactics and these verbal jousting that Rusty Harden is doing. It's not even jousting. I mean, it's mauling right now. He's like a black bear and he's just fucking mauling Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie. What's that movie where he just gets mauled by a bear? It's like that, except he doesn't survive. Now, I don't know how she was willing to go forward and she has every right to do that if she thinks she has a right for the suit. But if you're somebody like Deshaun, well, wait a minute, she wanted me to pay $100,000 and she would never say anything about it. And only when we said we wouldn't pay are these allegations made. Is it unheard of for a demand to be made in civil litigation? No, it's not unheard of. Is it wrong for somebody to make a demand? No, but those are all relevant facts in deciding the credibility of the facts. And what Deshaun would want is, isn't the way I've led my life before these allegations at least relevant in deciding whether I did what I'm being accused of now. And we think it is. He would want you to have as an act of faith, he didn't do it until somebody proves he did. Fucking top rope type of shit. Tony, not Tony, Rusty Harden. Rusty Harden, holy smokes. Just a fuck, oh my God, top rope type of stuff. Goodness gracious. Let's continue forward. I told you this was going to be some top flight type of stuff. What else do I got for you? Oh, we, we just continue forward here. And again, this is going to be a question, and they're going to take questions, I believe, right? I believe so right here. They're gonna He's going to take a question about why Deshaun needed so many massages over the course of, you know, about a year. Because a lot of these accusations are coming out in 2020. And Rusty Harden, again, directly just fucking destroys it. Destroys it. Uh, Mr. Harden, uh, two questions. The first one. Don't, they won't play anything that Rusty Harden will say, by the way, on Monday, which is why we're spending an hour on this. But again, top rope type of stuff. Rusty Harden. Nobody's going to play it. I want, I want you to listen to it because I know nobody. Everybody will run with Ashley Solis. And she deserves her day in court and things of that nature. Nobody, nobody, I mean, barely anybody has quoted some of the things, the, the, um, the women that have come out in support of Deshaun Watson. Everybody's referenced it, but nobody's quoted it. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens on Monday, but nobody's probably going to quote Rusty Arden. Let's continue forward. You mentioned 150 massages a year. Right now we know 40 women that have come forward, 22 accusing him of sexual assault, 18 who are defending his actions or the process. The question the public has right now is why? Why seek so many massage therapists? Yeah, think about it. I, the numbers, I started out. Think about it. Just figure out how many massages, two to three a week. And that's been his schedule for about four years. These are all on this. And those 18 were not just for the year 2020. 
Um, these allegations, I think that, as I said, I think all 22 have to do with 2020. You have to remember the landscape and the availability of all of these things changed for 2020, the middle of March of 20 till now. Um, and sure, it's a lot. And the reason is because he got a lot of massages. But during COVID, why go through so many different people exposing themselves to that? And well, that's, that's a very valid question because the answer is they're just not, there's, there's not some group sitting out there waiting to give massages. And the NFL doesn't have them. The teams don't have them. I think one of the biggest misunderstandings is I think if you check with most players, some players I read say, well, I usually pick the same person uh, and try to use that person as possible. All of that changed last year. They, you didn't have a group of people over in your room ready to get. And let's just talk about, I don't really want to belabor this too much, but let's look at his schedule. He's a quarterback. He's a pro quarterback. His schedule is longer than everybody else's, and it's more unpredictable. He may not know until 11 o'clock at night what time he's got available tomorrow. Some of these 18 women, and by the way, we just quit at 18 because I was determined not to try to do 23 and 22 or any of that silliness. We, these are women who were willing to put their name to it, unlike the women who sued us. That's a relevant factor for people to consider. At any rate, he, he would want to say is he'd call up one of these spas and he'd say that had like five, six, seven masseuses. I need a massage at three. Do you have somebody available? And that would do it. And the next time it might be somebody else. But you do two to three a week. And he, unlike a lot of athletes, I think we'll find he did that more consistently even in the offseason than most. Some of them dropped down in the offseason. Uh, Deshaun didn't. Deshaun, as Leticia talked about, the woman he was talking about is, is a woman who wrote me and that I called and told me the things Leticia was talking about. She talked about he earns his money in his balance and his ability and his strength and his ability to escape. She'd been watching him. His butt, his thighs, his core, essentially what he's talking about. We'll continue for just a little bit more. Since he was junior high do that. Those kind of things were what he wanted worked on his massages, and he got a bunch of them, no question. And then one follow-up, uh, Ms. Quinones said that uh, he never coerced women to do anything, but according to Busby's screenshots and messages, he asked women to wear specific things. If he's getting massages, why does it matter what a massage therapist is wearing? This is so important because Russie, like, he won't actually say why. Because, And this is, like, one of the things that I felt, like, he kind of had to stop himself short of, like, revealing something, like, big and major. It's not like he couldn't answer the question. It's because he, like, stopped himself from revealing something that he probably should reveal in court over, like, a press conference and stuff like that. And, again, the evidence that this guy is talking about is, like, loose at best. But, again, talk about it later on. Oh, I, I, you're off on other stuff. I could start doing all of that with the facts, et cetera. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really not going to get into what uh, Tony has said because that's a, a long, long trip down the line. We'll be glad to answer all of those questions. There'll be depositions. There'll be everything else. And I think uh, it, it, at the end of the day, I want to look for something that's wrong, not something that somebody is saying in a personal injury lawsuit. Yes. All right. We'll hit on like two more things and then we'll peace out. 
again, this was like a pretty solid outing by Rusty Harden and his, um, and I'm not even playing like some of the other like good bits. Like, I think you should listen to this full press conference. There's some really, really top notch stuff about, um, about like, about, um, some of these women coming out and interviewing Deshaun and spending time with Deshaun. Really, really good press conference. But again, they'll um they'll be kind of cast aside and nobody will really take it seriously and things of that nature. They'll probably talk about the release of identity uh, of their identity and stuff like that. And Rusty Harden will talk about that um like within the final minute or so, and we'll get to that later on. But I'll first play you this part, and then we'll hit the uh, the final thing that we're going to talk about, and then we'll peace out of like Rusty Harden. I also got some more stuff to talk about. Here we go. Here he is. I hope we never reach a stage that because a particular crime is so, has such horrible consequences for the woman when it happens and so, that because the potential for damage is so great that we automatically believe the allegation just because it's been made. And all I'm asking here is that we give this man the same benefit that the woman should get. The woman should get the benefit of the belief she may be telling the truth. The man should get the benefit also of being not guilty of it until we have some proof. And we're throwing the baby out of the bath and the bathwater out at the same time in a lot of cases. But are there men that do horrible things? Absolutely. Uh, sometimes women do too. All right. So essentially continuing forward with that statement of, yeah, like we don't want, we want our day in court. Deshaun deserves his day in court. Final thing we're going to talk about here today is, um, I didn't write it down. I didn't write the actual timestamp. I forgot what it's called. Oh yeah. It's, um, why wouldn't they just, um, why wouldn't Rusty Harden get the names of the women and then just not release them to the public? He like straight up just answers it. And he's like, well, because the public deserves, uh, to know who's being accused, who's accusing Deshaun just as, you know, we know who Deshaun is, just as, just as we know, like, Deshaun is being accused of sexual assault, or technically, technically sexual misconduct, we deserve to know who these women are that are accusing Deshaun of this sexual misconduct to know and understand the validity of the, um, of the alleged victims and their cases and their stories and things of that nature. Are, are you okay with, uh, when in all of the cases, if, if the women do decide to reveal their identities, to make sure that that is just given between the, the two camps, but not made public, to, like you mentioned, um, prevent the women, if they are identified, from getting, like we saw today, Mr. Busby say, that Ashley Solis has gotten uh, rape threats. Are you willing to make sure that those names aren't public, but just revealed to, to you, to, to your team and no. to your client? No. I believe it is important in the open courts, we've said it this morning, the open courts provision and the statute and the law in Texas says we are entitled to know who the accuser is and is the public. The open courts provision is the public is entitled to know. And I would hope that the only way these accusations or these allegations can be looked at as thoroughly as y'all have looked at us is for you to know who the accuser is, just like us. I think that when somebody makes this kind of accusation, it is only appropriate for people to look into the accused, accuser as well as the accused. Because how, how else do you know? All right? Anybody else? 
Hey, hey thank you all a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Tony Busby, for the, not Tony, Rusty Harden, for the absolute fucking decimation. It was an hour, it was a good hour. Oh my gosh. It was a fun, filled, fantastic hour of just destruction, devastation, and absolute discombobulation of of Tony Busby's uh, alleged, uh, not, not alleged victims, excuse me, of his uh, allegations throughout the uh, the last month. I mean, it's goodness gracious, was it just? Oh my god, it was awesome. And again, I didn't even I I I like kind of glossed over ten minutes of it because I think there's like around like twenty minutes or something like that. There's just like this really really awesome, just like just like this really awesome part in it. Oh god, just fucking devastation, dude! Holy smokes. Jesus Christ. By Tony Busby. Damn it, Rusty Harden. <laughs> like not Tony Busby. Rusty Harden. <clears throat> Anyways. That's all I got for Rusty Harden in his press conference. Well, we got some more stuff. I talked about, I teased the Jags. I teased, you know, some other stuff. Did I talk about how, like, feature backs are essentially done in the NFL? I think I did. I think I talked about how, like, essentially they're done. Essentially, like, feature backs in the NFL are done. And what I mean by, like, like, a hard pivot of, like, talking about, you know, sexual assault allegations. (laughs) Sexuals all allegations and things of that nature to now being like, oh yeah, let's 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 kind of pivot back to talking about football, but it's like, you know, I got inevitably I gotta talk about football again. <clears throat> Let me take a swig first. Sorry about that. Mm. <clears throat> so again, when it comes to like when it comes to like um no feature backs, and I think I've talked about it this before, but I was probably a little bit incoherent. Let me talk about it again. We don't know what feature backs are. Feature backs are essentially, you know, one running back that is used up a lot uh, in, you know, on in on a football team in the league, right? An example of a feature back is essentially Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott is a feature back. Dalvin Cook is a feature back. Derrick Henry is a feature back. Essentially, they don't really substitute out. And they don't really swap out. What exactly are the advantages of having a feature back in the NFL? I don't really know. It's like asking me, you know, what's the... As I open up a nice cold... Kind of semi-cold now. Can of half of uh, strawberry lemonade. Excuse me. But you may ask, what is the advantage of having a feature back? Well, there really isn't any. Like some people are going to like I not it's it's again like the granny shot in the NBA. It's like there really isn't any advantage of having a feature back. You use up your running back, and I'm trying to, you know, be objective here. 
But it's like you literally use, you know, a position that already is going to be burnt up pretty quickly, faster than every other position in the NFL. You're going to overuse that position um, instead of having, like, one running back. I guess it's like the – I guess you could say, like, the advantage is, is that you're always going to get efficiency out of the running back position. But then it's like, why wouldn't you – like, you could – technically get better efficiency out of the running back position if you blocked better, I guess. But again, I don't really see a feature back as as like a legitimate strategy anymore. I think teams that are doing it are doing a disservice to that running back. Like notice how, um, how Alvin Kamara has never had a thousand yard season. Look it up. In fact, I'll do it for you. Like, Alvin Kamara has never had a 1,000-yard season, and that's because the Saints are like, yeah, we want him to play for, like, 10 years and be good for us. Like, his numbers have sometimes dipped. It hasn't gone to – it hasn't gotten back to, like, what he was in, like, 2017 where he had, like, 6.1 yards per carry, and it's dipped. But then it's gone up in the last couple of years, and he had, like, a really awesome season at, like, 5.0 yards per carry. He had 16 touchdowns. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but I mean, he, he's never had 200 carries ever in his entire NFL career. And he's now at a career of like 672 carries. And I always talk about, you know, that the thousand yard mark when it comes to carries and how it's like at that point, when it comes to a thousand carries for a running back, your body really starts to break down. He's nowhere close to it. And th this next year is going to be his fifth year in the league. So we'll see what happens with Alvin Kamara. Shout out. But again, like feature pack backs, excuse me, to me are done. Um, if your team is operating via a feature back, they are horribly, horrendously, stupendously in the wrong. It literally makes no sense to have a feature back in the NBA or not in the NBA, in the NFL, especially and essentially when like literally you can get a good, awesome running back everywhere like anywhere it is super easy to fucking find a running back in the draft um in free agency they are literally everywhere like running backs are literally everywhere and it's just like it's just wait you like you're you're trying to like sign a running back or not sign a running back excuse me but you're like like you're you're overusing one running back when literally instead you could just have multiple and use up multiple different running backs and spread the load around so that way one guy just doesn't have to get absolutely brutalized and instead it's like a couple of guys are getting brutalized but it fucking you know the one guy that you probably want lasts a lot longer than for example you know the one guy that <clears throat> Um, the one guy that like, you know, the one guy that like, you know, everybody, everybody or not everybody, but the one guy that like you're trying to use up, I guess, if that makes sense. The, the one feature back, I guess. I'm sorry if that was a little bit hard to explain. My mind is fried. Jesus Christ. It's almost three o'clock in the morning. My hero academia is about to come out. That's how late it is right now. I apologize. I recorded this podcast very very late in the night i i super de duper apologize <clears throat> so again like feature backs they're already outdated to me but then on top of that when it comes to 
you know, feature backs in the NFL. The major thing to me that just, like, really, really discourages me about, like, fe uh, feature backs is just the fact that, like, there's 17 games in the season now, and it's just, like, there's just no need to have one running back per team, one running back that you're going to use per team when there's, like, literally undrafted free agents that are literally going in, like, the first round. Or not in the first round. Undrafted free agents, excuse me, that are literally capable of, like, running for a 1,000 yards in a season. And it's just like, dude, this isn't – this this literally does not make any sense that we're, like, just BSing around when it comes to this type of stuff. But, you know. <clears throat> we'll see what happens with feature backs and things of that nature. And then kind of, like, the final thing that I'll kind of discuss here. I think I – Besides, like, feature backs and things of that nature. I'm also going to talk about a couple of other things. I, I'm going to end on the Jags, but let me continue on with this. So, today I got some information about Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I already knew Justin Fields wanted a second pro day, but Trey Lance apparently is going to have his second pro day, and... The reason why is that Mac Jones had two pro days. Justin Fields had two pro days. I was like, I did not like Trey Lance's pro day at all. I feel like out of, out of like even James, uh, Davis Mills, I was about to say Jamin Davis, excuse me. Like even out of like him, I was like, like freaking what's his name? Like, um, like freaking not Davis Mills, like fucking, Trey Lance had, like, the worst pro day out of all of them. And I was just like, dude, like, he's got to get better, man. Like, not maybe he's got to get better. But I was just like, dude, like, he's got to get a better pro day, man. Like, I'm like, that wasn't good at all. I, w I would love to have seen a better pro day. And it's like, it's a good thing for him that he's getting another pro day, considering that, again, like, his first pro day did not like at all. And then his second pro day, he should be, he should have a better pro day considering, you know, you know, they'll probably, they'll probably have some of that Zach, Zach Wilson type of stuff where he's going to like roll to his light or not light, excuse me, but right or left and then throw back across his body and things of that nature. Which is like, all right, that should definitely like, like that's the throw of the off season. Essentially everybody's doing it. It should definitely help out when it comes to, you know, what people want to see from him and how people want to see him throw and things of that nature. And, um, you know, it's, but to be honest with you, his last pro day did not look clean at all. Like, that was one of the messier pro days I've seen, you know, in the last month. And I would have really, really have liked to see him clean up a lot of his inaccuracies and misthrows and things of that nature. But it's like... <clears throat> if you like, if we're literally going to see him again, like go through his pro day and he literally just can't hit some of those throws that he missed in the last pro day that, um, that happened like a couple that literally happened probably like a month ago, then, um, yeah, he's probably his draft stock stock, excuse me, probably should fall. And to me, it already has, like, he's not mentioned in the same breath as like Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. He's mentioned in, like, that same breath of, like, Mac Jones and all these other guys. And I talked about how I'm, like, 
I kind of have this rule with quarterbacks where it's like, if you feel like your guy, like if you feel like you've gotten your guy, if you feel like this is your guy or whatever, then, you know, kind of forget about draft boards and stuff like that. If you don't have a quarterback and you feel like this quarterback is your guy and whatever, or whatever, then it's like, yeah, you 1000% should go out and reach for that football player. Um, however, if you're asking me, like, where would I take him? I'm like, I would probably not take him in the first round. Probably take him in the second. Because he's nowhere close to starting. He needs, like, a good year to two years, maybe three years, of, like, being on the bench before he's actually ready and capable of playing as an NFL football player. <clears throat> We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So, anyways, Trey Lance has another pro day. So is Justin Fields, but we already knew that. Let me talk about the Steelers here. So, it was actually about this time last night, like super late. Right after the podcast, I was, like, watching NFL Network, and they were showing me Pittsburgh's offensive line. It is terrible. It is terrible. I just realized, like, how little stuff they have on that offensive line versus, like, everywhere else in the league. So, first and foremost, I think their center retired, and they released Alejandro Villanueva. So they need a center and they need a left tackle. And apparently they also need a left guard. So they just need essentially more than half of their offensive line, like new players. And so I was like, I was watching um, their offensive line, like the guys that they have. And it's like, they don't have a left guard. They, um, they need a new left tackle because this guy, I don't even know how to say his name. Chuck Wuma Okura Four. I think that's how you say his last name. Do you know who he is? Because I don't. Um, they have J.C. Hausner. They have David DeCastro. And then they have Zach Banner. Do you know any of those players? I don't. I don't tend to know a lot about offensive linemen, but I'm like, I I, I know who David, David DeCastro is. And I know Hausner, but I'm like, Kind of, but like, they need they need a lot of help. They need a lot of help <clears throat> on the offensive line. And then on top of that, they also need a running back. They also need like a Najee Harris. They need like you know, they need they need fucking they need fucking help. I don't really have help right now. It's like I was thinking about the Steelers the other day, and I was like, bro, like. They just don't really have the guys that they would need or want. And it's like, you know, I mean, it, it fucking, it fucking sucks. Cause Ben Roethlisberger's final season is probably going to be one of his worst. It's going to be like one of those seasons where you're like, well, that was a waste of time. And, um, you know, kind of nothing came out of that, unfortunately. I mean, you know, kind of is what it is, unfortunately. I don't really know what to tell. 
Like, I, I don't really know what to say, man. Like, they're... It just, it just fucking sucks, bro. It really, really does. I, I, I don't know, man. The Steelers are just, like, one of those teams where I'm just, like... I have zero faith in them making the playoffs this year. Unless they're, like, as, like, a wild card seed. But it's, like, I already had, like... A lot of problems with their football team and like Ben Roethlisberger coming back to the NFL I, I was like they should just move on from him but now it's just like dude like oh my god like the fact that their offensive line is essentially in shambles it's just like oh god this is terrible <clears throat> and I saw and I was like watching like the NFL Network, like, talk about their offensive line, and I was like, wait, they don't have, <clears throat> excuse me, they don't have anybody. It's like, forget about, like, Super Bowl aspirations and all that other good stuff, but it's like, holy shit, man. Like, they literally, none of, they, they literally cannot go to the playoffs in that division. And I was going over, like, all of the pass rushers that they had in that division. It's like, first they had... Like, the Baltimore Ravens, they were loaded, like, a year ago. They had, like, Matt Judon and Unique Ngakwe, and then they just didn't resign either one of them. But they still have Calais Campbell. And then more importantly than that, Cincinnati has Trey Hendrickson, who, like, was one of the league leaders in sacks last year. And then they also got, um, in their division, obviously the absolute destroyer, that is Miles Garrett, um, who I think they paired with Adrian Claiborne as well. And it's just like, it's just like, what the, what, what are you... What are you going to do if you're the Steelers and Zach Banner or some guy who has like three syllables in both his first and his last name? I can't even pronounce it. Some guy's supposed to block that dude, that big motherfucker. You want him? You want Miles Garrett to be blocked by one of your guys? Because you do realize he can be matched up on left or right. He can line up on both sides. No problem. No problemo. And it's like, I watched fucking all these teams. And I'm like, guys, like, hello? Like, you're not helping out your quarterback at all. You're not helping him out. Super weird, bro. Super weird. And it's like, you know. I, mean, I like, I, I just, I don't. I don't fucking get what the Steelers are doing. And I think once again, this next year is just going to be a bad year for the Steelers. And they're going to be like, they're going to have that confirmation. And um, Dwayne Haskins better fucking get ready. Cause he's probably going to be the next starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh. Hell, they can maybe swap him out this year. The fact that like the Steelers were like, Ben, we, we want you back, but we also want you to take a fucking pay cut. Cause we're not, having you come back if you're not going to be on a team-friendly deal. And he was like, okay, I'll <clears throat> I'll come back for cheap. And we're like, yeah, you better come back for cheap because we aren't fucking paying you jack fucking shit. And he's like, all right. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. We shall see what happens.
Final thing I wanted to talk about was the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I remember, like, seeing the Jacksonville Jaguars team media. So, if you don't know what that means, essentially, like, every single team has, like, their respective media or whatever. Like, they have their own, like, journalists or whatever reporting on the team. Like, the Dallas Cowboys, they have their own media people. You know, the um, the Steelers have their media people. The Lions have their media people or whatever. It's like I was watching, like, um, the Steelers, right? Not the Steelers. Damn it. The Jags talk about their media. And they're like, oh, man, we're super stoked about, you know, how Urban Meyer, he wants his guys in the locker room, man. He wants his guys there, man. Oh, my God. He, oh, he just want all their guys, right? And it's like, <clears throat> I was watching, like, that take place. And I was like, dude, you guys don't have any fucking players. Like, you, yeah, you guys kind of have some offensive linemen. I think, like, one or two. I think it's, like, a tackle or something like that. But it's like, I mean, they don't have anybody. And I was, like, watching the Jags, and then I thought back on the Jags, and I was like, you guys have so much work to do. They got to get offensive line and offensive linemen offensive line men excuse me for Trevor Lawrence they also got to get some more weapons they have LaVisca Chenault and James Robinson but I think they also need like a tight end and then they also need um they also need like some offensive linemen as well maybe one or two and it's like <clears throat> it's like I'm like I'm watching fucking I'm watching fucking the Jags like go through their draft or whatever and I'm just like dude like you guys need way more help Maybe not their draft, but like I'm kind of like watching some simulations, and I'm like, I'm like, I not even simulations, but I was just like watching them. Not even watching, but I was like reviewing their prospects, their draft prospects that they got in the last year, like um, like Calevon Chason and C.J. Henderson, and I was like, those guys were like really bad, like for rookies, not like really bad NFL players. But those two guys that had, like, high promise and high upside and all that other stuff, they were really, really bad prospects. Or not prospects, but players last year for rookies. And it's like, I was like, I was like, first you have to make sure the guys on your team are legit, and then you have to make sure that the guys that are coming onto and into your team are also legitimate. Cause it's like, holy shit, man. Like they don't have any fucking players. I mean, they, I shouldn't say that they have some players. It's not like they don't have any players, but it's like, it's astounding to me. Just like how much work they're going to have to do before they can become contenders. And it's like, guys, like, like, I mean, I, I talked about how I was like, I felt like the Jags could beat the Colts once or twice, you know, once or sweep them. It's like, dude, like, Urban Meyer and the Jags, they have so much work. They're they First, they have to make sure that the guys that they got last year work out. And then they have to go into this year's draft. And, I mean, it's not the first-round draft pick that, that matters. It's the second-rounder that will matter, right? It's what they do at the top of the seventh because Landon Dickerson is going to be there if they need a center. Um, there's going to be another guard or two that's going to be there. Maybe Elijah Vera Tucker, maybe there. I'm not really sure. Probably not. Um, Leon, I can, Liam, I can, I can field or I can or something like that is going to be there. If you need a tackle 
And then on top of that, it's like, I love Diami Brown out of North Carolina. He's probably going to be there because nobody knows who he is. And it's like, he could be an awesome number two. And then it's like, if you want another running back, you could double up on that and you could have, um, you could have Javante Williams and Michael, not Michael Carter, uh, like Javante Williams, or apparently like there's not going to be like, some people are projecting that there's not going to be a running back taken in the first round. And then it's like, boom, you, you just pair, uh, Trevor with Austin Etienne again, or Javante Williams. And then it's like, you just run it back with those guys with James Robinson as well. And it's like, good fucking luck. I don't know, man. But then on top of that, the Jags, I completely forgot the Jags also have two first round draft picks because of the Jalen Ramsey trade. So, I mean, they got a lot of fucking picks and it's just like, I'm like, just. I just don't fucking get it. I don't get what the fucking Jags are doing. I mean, I don't get what the Jags are doing. But it's like... The Jags, to me, it's an uphill battle, man. I don't know, man. It's just... They gotta fucking do something soon. The Jags. Maybe not something soon, but they gotta do... They gotta have an amazing draft. It's not like they have, you know... It's not like they need, like, a slam dunk or something like that. But it's just, like, they got to nail the draft this year. Otherwise, it's just, like, you know, they're going to be way more behind the eight ball than, like, teams in their division. And I really, really think that, like, they can actually win their division this year. You know? Like, I don't think that they can't. Like, I, I th- maybe not win their division. That's not actually accurate. But I think that they can, like, compete in their division and be, like, you know, one of the thorns in their division's side, I guess. But I just, like, like I just, like, fuck, man. It's just, uh, it's just so fucking hard, man, to, like, look at this, I guess. I don't, I don't know what the term is. Not hard to, like, look at this. It's just, like. It's just, what's the word I'm looking for? My brain is, like, fried right now. Again, it's, like, 3 or 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. My brain is fried. I got to get off the podcast. But it's, like, like they, they fucking, they've got to do something, man. I, I don't, maybe not something, but it's, like, they've got to fucking, like, they've got to figure this out. They've got to figure out. Um, Trevor, they've got to figure out their, you know, their offense. They got to figure, they got to figure out a lot of different shit. I don't know. I'm tired right now. I'm at the end of my rope. My brain is fried. I apologize. Um, that's a podcast. This has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. I'm tired. I'm super tired. Um, I'm going to sleep. I'll see you not not Saturday. I'll see you Sunday. No, see you Monday. See, I'm already tired. See you Monday for um for more football and all this other stuff. I'm super tired. Um, I'll see I'll see you Monday.